Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Thank you so much for tuning back into another segment here on GEMS Podcast. My special guest with me is Allison Lieberman, and here is a bit about Allison. Allison Lieberman is a licensed marriage and family therapist, perinatal mental health certified, certified Clinny coach, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of two, three and a half year old and one and a half year old. She is the CEO and founder of Rooted in Harmony Counseling, a virtual group counseling practice in California. She also identifies as the new mama mentor through her coaching practice, Al. Ali Chair Coaching, Ali Shar Coaching, LLC. As a therapist and mom, Allison is a natural born listener and storyteller. She has helped hundreds of new moms change their lives after having a baby. She had a baby in March of 2020, the week of the global pandemic and U.S. shutdown. Whew, we don't want to relive that, y'all. <laughs> while also managing the demands of a toddler that has a speech delay. If there's anything I have learned in motherhood, it is that I am not perfect and children are predictably unpredictable, quoted by Allison. Through her work, Allison helps new moms dive into the difficult topics of breastfeeding versus formula feeding, managing mom guilt, setting boundaries with difficult family members, exploring what our expectations are of motherhood and how our lived experience can be different, reigniting the flame in your marriage, Woo-wee. splitting the load with your partner, loving yourself unconditionally, and more. And without further ado, please welcome Allison Lieberman, the woman behind it all, Hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure, Allison. And I am super excited to talk to you about this topic because it's near and dear to my home front (laughs) these days. (laughs) But before we dive in, I definitely need to get the audience connected with you on a personal level. So I like to do that by one or two two ways. The first option is to do an icebreaker up front or play a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Oh, this is exciting. I want to say questions. I like questions. Okay, here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Allison and Genesis. Question number one, favorite color? Green. Question number two, you just won an all expense paid trip anywhere in the world. And there's a caveat. You just found out for this time, they're not flying back to your home base. Where are you headed? Oh, uh, Greece. Question three, dream car or dream home? Dream home. What's your dream home? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) um, anything that has a beautiful kitchen, I'm here for it. Okay. Yeah. Four, favorite food chicken fingers. 
right. If you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be and why? Ooh, probably my wedding because I felt like it was a time where everybody, like I just like felt the love all around and I really enjoyed that time. Six, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. What? Really? Okay, why? (laughs) Well, it's a tie. Invisibility or the ability to travel without walking or driving or any of that. I forget what that's called. But is it teleport or yes, teleporting? Um, So it's a tie between those two. Teleporting definitely because I hate driving, um, and I would just like to arrive where I want to be. And invisibility because sometimes I like to be invisible. Seven, are you an Apple or Android lover? Apple. Eight, you just hit the lottery and you're like, cha-ching, I'm cashing out. And then they're like, wait, Allison, there's a caveat. You you have to donate part of your proceeds to three charities. What charities are you donating to? Ooh, three, okay. Um, Postpartum Support International, for sure, is one of them. Um, I would say... I don't know if they're a charity, but 2020 mom, I think is a charity. Um, I would donate to them. And then the Colette Louise foundation. What does the Colette Louise foundation do? They provide um, resources and, and help financially with families that babies are in the NICU for extended period of time. Oh, that's really nice. Those are some great charities. Yeah. And question number nine. So you are camouflage as a fly on the wall and you could eavesdrop on any conversation past or present. Whose conversation are you listening in on? Uh, The conversation that Britney Spears had with her family before they conserved her. Ooh. And question 10, this is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you play, I ask you one last question. So here we go. Do you want to pass or play? Oh, I'll play. I'll play. Okay. So here's a question. You're on a deserted island. Everything is beautiful. Um, the temperature is just right, just like you like it, just clean air, sea breeze. There is a gift shop. Your funds are running low and you only could buy one article. And here are your choices. Two bananas and a mango, a t-shirt, or your favorite CD. What are you buying? A t-shirt. <laughs> I hate bananas. Okay. You wouldn't take the mango though? You get two bananas and a mango. I'm not a fruit person in general, but like I really hate bananas. So that would be a a waste. I love like big t-shirts and a CD. I feel like, what would you play it on? True. Well, thank you for playing rapid fire with Genesis. Allison, we got to learn a little bit more about you. So let's dive into new motherhood because 
right now they're calling the new moms that are delivering their babies COVID babies. And I tell people, "Mm -mm, don't put that label on my baby. My baby is not a COVID baby. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely has like a negative connotation to it. I I don't know how I feel about COVID baby. I definitely identify with like a pandemic mom. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So why are you so passionate about new motherhood? And like, what was it like when you first became a mother? Because everyone has a different experience, but there are so many external factors. Like, you know, our family members, our friends that are saying, oh, well, my child didn't do that. Or when you were a child, I didn't do that. Or blah, 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 blah. And I tell them it's that white noise that you really don't want to hear because it's not helping you sleep it's Uh just that loud noise that you just want to say sit down and be quiet because I respect you but that's not helping me right right yeah yeah so I'm really passionate about this work because I when I had my son it was before the pandemic Um, I had him in 2018 and I was experiencing some severe anxiety after having him I I would probably classify his birth as traumatic. Um, I went into labor four weeks early. He was in the NICU. Um, I didn't, they had told me he was going to be fine. He was weighing all the right weights and all of that. And then he ended up needing to go to the NICU because his lungs weren't developed fully. And I felt very lost and no one was really explaining anything to me. And it was really overwhelming, but the whole time I was more focused on don't let anybody see your reaction to this. You need to keep it together and not respond emotionally. And in hindsight, like, I can't believe that that was my mindset when my kid is in the NICU, but that was what I was thinking. So like, don't cry, don't show that you're stressed, know that you're here and, and they're going to do everything that they can. And then when we got home, it was very similar, like really hiding all the feelings I was having because I didn't want anybody to know that this was hard or that I was struggling. And so I would have these like really vivid images of like bad things happening to my kids that were out of my control. And I, it just was overwhelming and I couldn't sleep. And so I would, I went to therapy and I went to the psychiatry and I got medicine and I was really trying to, you know, figure out what was going on. Cause I, w- I was a therapist at the time too. So it was really like, I felt like I should have known what to do and that I should have been immune to this. And so it wasn't until maybe a year and a half. Yeah. About a year and a half, I was pregnant with my daughter and I started looking into all of these different specialties. And I found the perinatal mental health realm that I didn't know existed. Um, And I had started to feel better by that point, but this was like a new discovery. And so I sort of went down this rabbit hole and then I ended up having postpartum anxiety again with my daughter. And it looked very similar to the first time. And so um, I I don't think that there's enough awareness around it. I don't think people talk about it enough. And I want to make sure that people start talking about it. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that because as a therapist, like you help people get over certain emotions, but in that um, 
time you weren't able to get over your own emotions? And do you feel like if you were to vocalize and talk about it, it would be like a sign of weakness versus a sign of strength? Or what were some of your thoughts why you suppress those emotions? Because if you can't be real and true to yourself or even your mate, then you're just allowing all of the things to be bottled up and fester. And then if something triggers you, you could easily explode. Yeah, I, and this took a lot of work to get to, like, I would say that more in the last years when I really figured out why I needed to do this and I identified as the quote unquote strong one out of my friends and my family and my relationship. Like I was the rock that held everybody together. And it sounds so ridiculous that I'm saying that right now because you know, like we don't always want to identify as that, but that's what I, that was my whole identity was being the one that could hold everybody up when they were struggling. And of, like, I'm a therapist. So of course that's my identity is supporting people when they're in their darkest place. But I, I didn't want anybody to have to support me. I didn't want to need anybody. I didn't want to ask for help. And it became really all consuming because I would be in the bathroom crying or I would get mad at my husband and he would have no idea why I was upset, but I couldn't tell him that I needed him in any way. And so that, that is, I think, where it all sort of stemmed from um, and having to prove to myself that I was better than I felt. Okay. And, and that's a very valid point because I, I could see it from your, from your perspective now that you took the time to explain it, even though I haven't um, physically been in a situation like that. But then I, I would kind of equate it to grief, which is totally different, but some, some similarities because when you're going through your grief journey, you don't always want to express how you're feeling with other people because you know that they're not in a position where they're going to understand because they haven't lost um, someone or had the type of relationship you had with that individual. So then from just a th uh, therapy standpoint, and then as you were pregnant with your first child, you were already experiencing anxiety whenever you were carrying your son. Do you think having anxiety while you're pregnant contributed to, you know, the post, um, pre the post pregnancy anxiety after your son was born? Do you see any linkage there? Yeah. So there's a lot of predictors for postpartum anxiety. You know, sometimes it, it is just like a hormonal imbalance and it's something that happens when you're breastfeeding or adjusting to the postpartum experience. But there's a big correlation between anxiety prior to pregnancy, anxiety during pregnancy, and then postpartum anxiety. There's also a big correlation between like traumatic birth experiences, which would be like fear that you're going to die or your child's going to die or something traumatic happening out of your control um, that is also heavily associated with postpartum anxiety. And then let's really break down the term, the postpartum anxiety and depression, just so the listeners could really understand, because we see a lot of things that's out on the media. Some are, some are facts, some are myths, some are credible, and some are not credible. And unless we really understand the the um, definition, the root cause, we may not be able to spotlight those bad actors. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So in the medical field, therapy field altogether, postpartum anxiety is not an official diagnosis. So if you were to say that you were diagnosed with it, it is more of a self-diagnosis or someone identifying that you have it but it's not officially in the books, whereas postpartum depression is. So postpartum depression is an official diagnosis. Most people that go to school to learn about any mental health disorders will learn about postpartum depression, but it is very brief. It is this postpartum depression. This happens after women have babies on to the next. And that is really the extent of what we learn in school. And so the, the biggest differences between those are anxiety is much more of this activated state where like your brain is really racing and like you're, you're trying to gain control of things or plan things or your brain is creating sort of all these different scenarios that could happen that make you fearful, right? So what women will do when they struggle with postpartum anxiety is like checking the baby more. Um, not leaving their house, which definitely through COVID has been not necessarily the best situation. Um, Be like calling the doctor often, uh, obsessing over breastfeeding, feeling like it's the only thing that they can do. Formula feeding is like this horrible thing that nobody can do and, and sacrificing their mental health to be able to do that. Um, it's definitely that more activated heightened state, whereas the depression is much more of that, like internalized, like nothing is the way that it used to be. Um, I don't want to be around people. I don't want to do the things that I once did, um, crying more, kind of all of that. And they can overlap. So you can definitely have both of those things at the same time. And thank you for sharing the context around that. And whenever you said that it's very brief in the um, education that you get in school, like that's kind of shocking because um, we have a whole month for mental health awareness, which is this month. And then we also see that Big Pharma pushes a lot of, you know, antidepressant drugs and there's a lot of money in it. And sometimes Um, people, whenever they go to the physician, they don't want to be hooked on these drugs. So they suppress some of the emotions just so they're not prescribed with certain medications, because then some of those medications are hard to wean off of whenever there may be other natural remedies and modality, like maybe practicing yoga, acupuncture, acupressure. Um, Some people uh, will use like cannabis or THC, CBD oil, and just other other forms of things to help them cope, but not do it in a way that is harmful. But because I like to say everything in moderation is worth looking into. And a new thing I recently heard of is a lady that was on antidepressants. She was on my show not too long ago. She introduced me to microdosing and I had no idea what microdosing was Mm. via the psychedelics. And she said that worked better for her than the antidepressant medication. And when she got off of it, sometimes when you get off of the medication without a physician signing off, they'll put you down as non-compliant because they want you to listen to the information that they're getting. But I always like to advocate for people and say, listen to your body because your body speaks to you and it will never steer you in the wrong um, way. And then if you have a good support system around you, if they see that you're not that joyful, jovial person, they should really ask 
okay, is there anything that I can do? Or is there anything that you need versus asking questions that can trigger you or can come across as judgmental? What would you say to that, Allison? Because I'm definitely not a therapist. My background's oil and gas and supply chain. So definitely not in your area of scope. Yeah. So I'll touch on the medication piece a little bit because it's a really hot topic in prenatal, postnatal, all of that. Um, My approach to medication in general is like, yes, medication exists for a reason. It does help some people. It's not for everybody. And you really should only be taking the medication if you feel comfortable taking it, not because you feel like you have to. And sometimes the medications work and sometimes they don't. So it's a very individualized thing. So when I have women come to me and they're not sure about medication, I really, really encourage them to meet with somebody who specializes in prenatal, postnatal medication management, as opposed to just a general practitioner or general psychiatrist, because it's very nuanced breastfeeding and all of that. Like you really want to be mindful of who is giving you the medical advice and you don't want to just take it from a random doctor. So that's sort of like my overall approach to the medication. And, and there are a lot of natural things that you could do instead as well. And so it's just kind of a lot of trial and error and seeing what works. Um, Oh gosh, now I'm trying to remember the second part of what you said to me. So the second part um, that I said is just the um, natural parts, the natural modalities and natural remedies, and then a support system, the benefit of having a great support system. Yes. So, you know, in terms of the support system, I think it's definitely important, usually with new moms, because they're afraid to be judged and they're really wanting to be viewed as this really great mom. They don't tend to seek support from other moms and it can be really difficult or they're in these group, these mom groups, and they're not speaking up because they're fearful they're going to get judged. And so it, it can be a very toxic situation if you're not paying attention to what it's making you feel. I think also with like your partner at home and things like that is I know with my husband, after I had my daughter, he said to me, like, I'm a little concerned because you used to love true crime and you haven't listened to a true crime podcast or watched a show in months. And I'm concerned. And it was fair because that was definitely a symptom of my postpartum anxiety is that like, I couldn't even focus for that long to be able to do that. And so I think absolutely coming from a place of curiosity and concern is much better than coming from a place of like, there's something wrong with you and you need to get help. Yes, absolutely. Because that will just shut down the conversation right then and there if you come at it with that angle. And then um, I also want to talk about burnout because burnout is very real. And in order to prevent yourself from experiencing that burnout, because being a new mom, your body changes during pregnancy, your body changes after pregnancy. And then you now have a little person that you are responsible for, but that does not mean you need to negate your self-care. You have to have a balance uh, between being a mom being a wife and all the other titles that you may have to prevent yourself from burnout. And that's okay to really set up boundaries. So can you talk about that a bit, Allison? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very passionate about burnout prevention as well. So <laughs> um, I, I definitely 
go based off of the Nagowski sisters approach to burnout. I don't know if you've heard of their book or their approach, but they wrote a book on burnout that has the stress cycle and how do you complete the stress cycle to avoid burnout. And there's, um, I think there's seven steps, which is like doing something creative, doing something, um, like something that involves movement, talking to somebody, a hug, crying. (laughs) I'm trying to think of the other ones. Something that is positive. And there's one more and I'm blanking on it right now, but they, um, they talk about how we have all these stressful situations. So childbirth is a perfect example of one where we sort of go through the stress and then it's like, well, all right, we got to move on to the next thing. And like, I don't have time to think about how I created this birth plan for three months and it didn't go to plan. And now I'm upset about it. Right. And then we just move on from it. We don't give it any space to feel disappointed or sad or upset and work through it. And so the way that I sort of talk about burnout in my practice is like, if, if it's a cup of water, every time something stressful happens, you're pouring water into this cup, right? And eventually you have to do something to empty that cup out to be able to take on more stressful situations. And if you're not completing that stress cycle and doing those things that really make you feel better and processing them, your cup's going to start overflowing. And that's when we see panic attacks and anxiety and depression and all of those things. So burnout can definitely lead to those things if we're not aware of it and we're not focusing on reducing it. Yes. And some of the um, fun activities I would challenge the moms listening to it is make make sure that you're taking time to get your hair and nails done. Make sure you take time to exercise. What does your your nutrition looks like? Because if you're healthy, you're going to be able to, you know, provide that optimal care for your baby. Another thing is mindfulness. Whether you just close your eyes for 30 minutes to an hour, take a nap, or journal, meditate, put on some music, that can also help. Um, meet up with some of your girlfriends, do something that makes you happy. And then also let your partner know, okay, during this time, I need a break, because that's also letting your partner know that you want to enforce some boundaries, but also sharing the load with your partner. You didn't make that baby by yourself. Let's be real. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think we need to have adequate lines of communication. And we shouldn't feel ashamed or we shouldn't feel guilt or remorse, because we want to take some time away from our baby. Yes, we are a new mom, and we're adjusting, but you can't be on 24 seven, you know, even Jesus rested on the Sabbath. So I feel like we need to start giving ourselves grace and mercy because sometimes people see moms as superhumans. But last time I checked, we weren't born with the S on our chest. Mm-mm. No. And there really isn't any glory in burning yourself out and being miserable, right? You can still be a superhuman and also ask for help. Absolutely. And that brings us to our call to action part of the segment. So Allison, I want you to leave our audience with your call to action. Once they just kind of heard, you know, the gems we dropped about motherhood, um, burnout prevention. We also talked about, you know, communication, seeking therapy, support system, and so many other things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I... I am a huge proponent of like getting support, finding a community that really helps and like really 
finding whatever it is that works for you to be able to manage your anxiety, your depression, any of that to make motherhood a little bit easier because it is really hard. So I am, you know, I have a therapy practice in California rooted in harmony counseling. And so we do, unfortunately we're limited to California, but we do therapy for moms and couples that are really struggling with that transition. Um, and then because it's limited to California, I started my group coaching practice, the new mama mentor where people can come and we work on burnout. We work on setting expectations, debunking those myths, really understanding the brain body connection and how that really impacts our postpartum experience. And then of course, I just started a podcast called the new mama mentor podcast, where there are tons of conversations with different motherhood practitioners for lack of a better word that talk about all the different ways that they can help you if you're struggling. Amazing. And Allison, how can our audience connect with you, plug your website and where you primarily hang out on social media and congrats again on starting that podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So my website is www.rihcounseling.com and my Instagram handle is at the new mama mentor. And there you have it, listeners and viewers. You just heard our special guest, Allison Lieberman, new mama mentor. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. So make sure you scroll on down, read and connect with her. And if you are a new mama that's listening, girl, you got this. Just give yourself some grace and mercy. And if you need to pull up that emergency break and hand that baby over to your partner, you do that because he didn't spend that much time in labor. He didn't do anything, but but hold your hand or coach you. So I want to encourage you that it is okay to say that you're not okay. It is okay to ask for help and it's okay to take a break. Your baby will be just fine. So I challenge you to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see all things video content by going to at gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp on YouTube. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for tuning in on a regular basis um, to come support the guests that I bring on, to bring you topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational while we weave in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us to make this world a beautiful, colorful place. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing one. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.